0: Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. Put hands together for Jesus this morning, God. We thank you for your presence that is in this place, God. I thank you for being here with us today. We're going to dive into the Word of God today. Have you have your Bible? Let me see it lifted up in the air. Come on, come on. I love the Bibles. Bring your Bible to church. Say, this is my Bible. Now open it up to 2 Samuel, chapter 6. Thank you, Caleb. 2 Samuel, chapter 6. We are in our last week of This Is We. We've been going over our core values here at the church, our new core values. And uh, I've enjoyed this series. If you've enjoyed this series and you're sad that it's our last week, say, "aw." Oh, uh, I know. You can be able to check every single week. We have eight core values. I encourage you, especially if you're new to this church, go in the podcast, maybe on Podbean or Apple Podcasts, and check out all of the core values. Last week was my favorite, and if you've been coming every week, you know I say that about every single value. We talked about being unapologetically authentic, unapologetically authentic, and as I was preparing for this message, I, I came across this passage, and I'm like, man, God, I really wish you would have showed me this scripture because it applies so well to being unapologetically authentic. And and I just felt a slight nudge from the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, if I showed you it earlier, you would have preached on it, but I need you to preach on it this week because there's some people here this week that need to hear what the Lord is saying through this passage. And uh, all of these core values that we're laying out, they all actually intertwine with one another. As last week we talked about, Being unapologetically authentic. This week, we're gonna be talking about how to go and walk in all that God has for us, not only as a church, but for you as an individual. And uh, first, you gotta know who you are in Christ, so that lays the foundation. But eventually, you gotta take a step. Say, take a step. That's not exactly what we're talking about today, but we'll be getting into that. You gotta be able to walk in faith, not watch in faith. All right, so 2 Samuel chapter 6, we're reading out of my wife's translation. She has an NLT. I got an NIV, so I just like to say it like that. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 14 says, And David, you guys remember David? David's the guy like David and Goliath. He, he was once that little and that threw the sling in the stone and, and killed Goliath. And, well, now he's king. Now he's king, and he's, he's taking a part of an important task, and that's bringing the ark of the Lord into the house of Jerusalem. It says, David danced before the Lord with all of his might, wearing a priestly garment. Verse 15 says, so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. So this is like the king. This is the president taking off his suit and wearing like, I don't know, just some workout, some Under Armour. And, and, and just some casual clothing uh, that, I don't know, I wouldn't wear clothes I don't know, but he, he was wearing he was wearing priestly garment and it would have been considered undignified for especially a king to wear that, so sorry y'all he, he didn't, he wasn't naked dancing before the Lord, but it was like he was naked because for a king to wear what a priest wore would be considered undignified alright, so verse 16 but as the Lord, ark of the Lord entered the city of David Michal The daughter of Saul, this was also his wife, looked down from her window, say window, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. So you have a choice to either watch or walk. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd some Chick-fil-A sandwiches and some sweet tea with a little bit of ice cream. He turned in the treat for the little toy for an ice cream. Then all the people returned to their homes. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. She said in disgust, how distinguished the king of Israel looked today! Shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. So again, he remember he was wasn't wearing his priest, his his robe his royal robe. He was wearing like a priestly garment. Right? David retorted to Mike, Michael, "I was dancing before the Lord, who chose me above your father and all his family. Kind of like a diss there. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord." So I celebrated before the Lord. See, it wasn't about you. It was about God. It was about Him. I celebrated before the Lord. Yes, and I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned will indeed think I am distinguished. All right, so we're diving into our last core value here at the church. So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is what we're talking about. We say, yes, yes and amen. All right, I want you to give me some feedback to say. I'm going to say we say and you say yes and amen. We're going to do it three times, all right? You got it? All right, one, two, three. We say. We say. Last one. We say. Yes, Yes and amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us just like you spoke this to me. Help me to get out of the way that the word of God would be delivered today. God, we say yes and amen to your promises, everything that you have for us as a church, everything you have for us as a family, as an individual, as a couple, as parents, as children, with the most high God, Lord, we say yes and amen. So right now, church, if you're hungry for the word of God, would you open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God today. You may be seated. You may be seated. We say yes and a, men. All right. So you have David setting up the the situation here. David is king over Jerusalem, and what happened was the ark. The ark. You guys all seen Indiana Jones, like. That's what it was. It was the Ark of the Covenant was stolen by the Philistines, and they had some bad stuff happen to them. You know, like they stole it, and they put it in their temple, and they found out that their God ended up falling over, breaking in half, and bowing down to the one true God who was uh, uh, not in the Ark, but he decided to use the Ark as a representation of his power, his greatness, his presence. And so the Philistines got rid of the Ark. They gave it on the outskirts of Jerusalem outskirts of their, 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 their city, which God had given them the promised land. Now, when you think of the ark, don't think of, like, an actual, like, chest. Think of his presence. Okay, the ark represented the presence of God, not just the power of God. It wasn't just a fancy thing that they could carry around. It represented the power and the presence of God. And so what David did is he went to the outer territory to grab the presence of God and bring it in to the city. David went out to go grab the presence, not to just experience the presence, but to bring the presence in to the city. And I believe as a church, it is not just our mandate to encounter the power and the presence of God, but it is also our duty, our command to bring the presence of God into our homes, into our workplaces, into our schools, into this city. I love conferences. I love big church things. I love being able to encounter the presence of God. But God, guys, encountering the presence of God isn't something that you much encounter as it is something that you bring. You're called to bring the presence of God. Like you come to church to get filled up to bring it out into your city you you go and you you have a worship time you you maybe have some early morning prayer or some late night like late night prayer walks and, and to encounter the presence of God you're called to bring the presence of God wherever you go we see David going to get the ark he brings the presence of God the ark of the covenant back into Jerusalem and Michal looks on him with contempt what does she look on him at she looks on him through a window Write this down today, that you can either have window faith or you can have walking faith, but you cannot have both. To be a a window faith or have walking faith, notice the contrast between the two. The contrast between the window and the street. David's going around, he's jumping up and down, he's thanking the Lord, he's saying, God, you've done so many great things for Israel, you've done so many great things for me, I'm not going to rob you of your praise, because I don't think that you've done enough, no, you've already done enough, and if you never do a single thing for me, God, I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to worship you, and I can't tell you how much I am thankful for this house that we're in today, I'm thankful for the church that we call home, this is my city church, this is our home, it's a name, There's a lot of churches around the city, but this is my home, and I hope that it's your home, and guess what? If you're looking for a church to go home, I hope that you don't have to look any further because we love you here at My City Church. Oh, he doesn't sound loving. I'm not angry. I'm just passionate. I'm just passionate about the things of God. I'm passionate about his presence being in your life about his presence being in our church. God, I don't want to build a church that's based off of programs or just based off of cool things that we do. We sing good music or we preach good message. Eh, The messages are all right. No, I want to be built off of the presence of God because that's the only thing that's lasting. If anything proved that, that was COVID. Right? It's the presence of God. You need the presence of God in your life. David knew this. He went to the end of the, the outskirts of his country to go get the presence and bring it back. Now, he didn't bring it back properly. We read earlier that he actually, some people died because he didn't actually honor the presence of God in the right way. But now he knows the right thing. He's like, you know what? Not only are we going to do it the right way, but we're going to go above and beyond. We're going to ask, and what else? And he's going to take six steps, one, two, three, four, five, six. And they're going to have a praise party every six steps. So he brings the presence of God into Jerusalem. And here we have Michal. She's way up high. In the window, looking out at David. She's in the box seats at the Husker game. Watching through the glass. So she's up here in the box seats watching. Now, there's something about the box seats versus actually being in the the, the stands, a part of the game. When they do the wave, the people in the box seats don't go up and down. Think about it. They don't. They're not necessarily a part of the game. There's a reason why they call it the 12th man. At the Aggie Stadium, you go to a football game, you're basically the 12th man on the football team. But the people in the box seats, behind the glass, looking through the window, they are not walking, they are observing. They're watching a game. And I'm afraid that we have a bunch of churches or we have a bunch of people, God forbid, that is not this place, that is not this house, but they're sitting there observing what God is doing and they're not actually walking in what he's doing. Because it takes something to be a part of the wave. Many people want to watch it, few people want to start it. Many people want to be a part of a move of God, few people want to help start it. Many people celebrate what happened at Ashbury and all the revivals that happened in L.A. and New York and in and around the world, but few people realize that revival is right here, right now. God is looking for a people that he wants to use to bring his kingdom through. He's looking for people that will have a revelation that it happened the moment Jesus raised from the dead. dead. Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost, and now the church is a force to be reckoned with, not something to hide away from. It's not about just being saved and going to church and just, God, I'm going to hold out until the end. I found my quick thing that's going to just help me get through life. No, you're called to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Not a victim. Not a victim, but many of us live as we are victims. And, and, and it's about time that that stops many people want to be a part of a move of god few people want to be a part of creating a move of god many people love being around a praise party but i can tell you when you're coming into this place you carry a praise party in your heart you step into these doors you carry that into your heart you're walking into this place you're not waiting man people just aren't really into it well it doesn't matter is god worthy of your praise or not right I love it. I'm sitting there back there listening, or worshiping, and I'm listening to Dylan. Dylan starts clapping, and he starts, you can tell he's shouting. He's really getting it. You know what? That rubs off on me. Can I tell you, your praise and your hunger and your pursuit of God rubs off on the person next to you? Just ask Paul and Silas in that prison if those other people got freed because of their worship and their praise. Well, but they were in the prison. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It matters who my God is. Right? So they're sitting there worshiping and praising. Can I tell you, what if you got a revelation? That it wasn't a matter, it wasn't about what kind of job you were in. It wasn't about what kind of school you were in. It wasn't about how your parents were or how your upbringing was. Or God forbid, whatever kind of church you were a part of or are still a part of and you're just visiting my city. You are called to bring praise wherever you go. Praise represents the presence. Bringing the presence of God into the world. We're called to be the light of the world. Called to be the light of the world so it's called window logic it's very much alive and well where we're sitting there looking through the windows what is that you're up in the box you're playing it safe it's easy to play it safe I don't want to get too close I want to get too involved you know there's a phenomenon going around society today it's known as quiet quitting quiet quitting is where I just don't do I don't do anything above and beyond I, I just kind of do what it takes to get by and 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 I'm showing life in my actions, but I'm actually dead in my spirit. That I, I, just, I just show up enough to maybe check the box, or I just do enough to make me happy with myself. And, and it's not really about going above and beyond. You know, we say we have calloused hands at this church. We ask ourselves, and what else? That's not just a saying. That's actually spiritual. It's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to lay my life down on the line. I'm going to be poured out like a drink offering for the Lord. Not just for myself, but for the Lord. I'm doing it all for the Lord. It's known as Quiet quitting. And what I see is there's something spiritual happening in society today that's causing people to be on the sideline, to be withdrawn, to stay away. And maybe there's some type of hurt that has happened. People are questioning things in life over the past three, four years. There's something that is causing us to live at a distance more than we ever have before. Whether it's the appearance of connection through social media, or maybe it's the appearance of connection through just having fake smiles on our faces when we're going throughout our day. We never actually live Uh, unapologetically authentic to one another we just go around and we go through life and we've quit in our hearts I show up and I come home every day after work but I've really quit in my marriage I've shown up and I come home every day after work but maybe I've quit as a parent I've shown up every day to school and maybe I've quit as a student and now I'm just trying to get a passing grade whatever happened to the fire that was burning in your heart that wanted to study that that type of field Whatever happened to the things in your life, you were in love with her to begin with, what happened? did you fall out of love? or did you choose not to love? Because what I find is that many times we are victim of life happening to us, and we just go through the motions. and if we go through the motions, we're never advancing. And I believe the church is called to advance. There is no generation, arguably no generations more than now that's been more tentative and withdrawn. it is now over 7 million men 24 through 50 are not employed or even looking for work they've given up they've withdrawn can I tell you that window watching is a very real thing and you don't know about the danger of what you're doing by window watching window watching can cause you to miss out on what God is trying to speak to you think about it if you're just watching window window watching at church just doing enough to get by Well, I'm not going to go to church today. You know what? You're going to miss a word that God has for you. I'm not saying that every single Sunday you're going to get a revelation from the power of the Holy Spirit. I actually come in with expectation that God is going to speak to me. I believe God meets you in your expectation. If you come in expecting not to get anything and just check a box, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get a box checked. But if you come in expecting God to speak to you, can I tell you, God is always speaking It's just a question of if we're listening. God is always talking. God is always speaking. But if you're watching from the window, you won't be present to be able to receive. You won't meet the people you're supposed to meet. If you don't go to the thing, if you don't go to the group, you're not going to have that connection. To meet that brother, that's going to carry your burden. You know why it's too heavy? Because you've never been able to cast it on one another. You've never been able to hand it to one another because you haven't been able to just make the choice saying, hey, I'm not going to quiet quit in my heart. I'm not going to do just the minimum. I'm actually going to go above and beyond. It's not just about going to church once a month. It's not just about watching church online. It's not just about engaging every once in a while. No, I'm going to put both feet in. I'm going to continue to go deeper into the current. I'm going to go deeper into what God has called me to. It's not about living a life watching from a window. You know what watching from a window does? Is It makes it easy to judge other people and their intentions. What did Michal do? She was sitting out through the window watching, looking at David. You didn't know what was going on in David's heart. She didn't know what David was doing. She didn't know what David came from. Maybe if she was a part of the procession of the 6 sixth fac- sacrifice, she might have realized that David was actually, maybe he was tired, and he's excited that they're finally in Jerusalem. Who knows? But that's what window watching will do. It will cause you to judge people and their intentions. And I'm afraid that we're full of a society today that's not necessarily window watching, but we're looking out a window through our phone. And we're seeing all these different churches. We're seeing all these different people. We're making all these different judgments on all these different attentions. And everyone likes to say something. Everyone has something to say. And it's your right to say it. But what I found is that we have so many people looking at the opinions of others that we don't even realize what we ourselves believe. And when you don't realize what you believe and what you're called to, you rob not only God of the purpose that he has in you, but you rob the world and the blessing that God wanted to do through you. We have a bunch of people that are victims of window watching, but not this house. You're here today. God's going to speak to you today. If he hasn't already, if he hasn't already spoken to you through worship, God's going to speak to you today. If you go through the service, you're like, man, God didn't speak to me. God's going to speak to you today. I believe it with my fullest of heart. And I believe that every single person, when you make room for God, God makes room to speak to you. When you get away and you pray, God makes room to speak to you. When you get away and worship, all of our MCU students, you're making time every single Tuesday to get away with the Lord. God will put things in your life, a deposit, not just a deposit of the Holy Spirit guaranteeing your inheritance, but a deposit that he will use in the future. Don't be surprised what you're doing today, how five years from now God will use it for his purpose. I don't even know why I went to Bible college. I didn't even want to be a pastor. I didn't for two years. I've only been a pastor for two years. I went to Bible college because I just wanted to know more about God, and I wanted to give him more stuff to use. Did I learn a lot in Bible college? Yeah. Did I learn a lot of stuff not to do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's probably what I learned more. I enjoyed it. But there's the power of being present and being able to put deposits in your life that God can use of being in the room to meet the people that God wants you to meet, right? Rather than standing and watching from the window, I'm actually in the present, I'm in the the walking, I'm walking through the street, I don't have window faith. What do I have? I have walking faith. You will not see God's plan for your life if you're playing it safe. If I'm being withdrawn and I'm afraid of what could happen, we're not called to play it safe. As Christians, we're called to step out of the boat to go after what God has called you to do, there's something burning in your heart, start working towards it. What does that mean? Does that mean that you start playing drums? Absolutely. Well, you don't know how. Now figure it out. Does that mean, well, I have a desire to preach. Well, hey, guess what? What is preaching if it isn't just serving? Right? What is that? Like, okay, so you show up, you just start serving, right? You find how God uses that to develop a certain side of you. That what good is it to have a mic if you don't have a heart? You want to know how to be a preacher, you got to have a good heart. you got to have a heart to the people. Have a heart that breaks for the people. The disciples looked at the people on the feet of the 5,000 and said, send them away. But the Bible says that Jesus looked at them and said, these people, I have compassion for them. The disciples called them a nuisance. Jesus called them a person. Can I tell you, if you want to walk in the things of God, you got to be able to get the revelation of God for the season and for the thing that he wants you to walk you in. you got to be able to have the heart for people. If you want to be able to have a good business, you can't have a business about making money. you got to have a business about solving a problem. The businesses that don't make it very far are the ones that are just in it for themselves. But the businesses that are in it to solve a problem and help to better someone else's life are the ones that actually really make money. Because they're about helping people. Start a gym just trying to make money. You're not going to make money. You start a gym trying to help people on their fitness journey and to be healthy and living longer, guess what? You're going to make money. So it's, it's being a solution, right? So you, can't, you cannot live safe. We cannot avoid danger. We cannot, avoid, we cannot just try to be safe in life. Helen Keller said this, avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. The fearful are caught as often as the bold. Regardless, it doesn't matter. The fearful are caught as often as the bold. What I know is that we're called to step out. Though the righteous fall seven times, he gets back up. That means every single person, whether those that step out or those that hold back, are gonna fall. But we gotta be those that step out. She also said this, I don't have it for you, but life is either a daring adventure or it is nothing. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be the type of Christian that isn't holding back, holding back, waiting for Jesus to come back, but we're actually advancing as the kingdom of God. We're not just ones that are just holding out. Jesus, when are you gonna return? I know all this stuff that's happening over in the Middle East, it's been happening. And I'm not wanting to disregard any of that. It's horrible. And we got to pray for protection, especially for the Christians over there. But we got to pray that God would resolve, set the captives free, that evil would be punished, that justice would be held, and people that have done wrong things would be held accountable. we got to pray that that would happen. But at the same time, we cannot live in fear here. Okay, Jesus is going to come back tomorrow. Cool. I pray to God that he does. So my job's done. <laughs> Which means that I need to live on mission today. You need to live on mission today. You need to be right with Jesus today. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't be like, yeah, I'm just going to put it off. I'm just going to do my thing first, and then maybe one day I might come and give my life over to Jesus. No, today is the day of salvation. I'm not going to wait for tomorrow. I know today is my day to give my life over to the Lord. So it's a daring adventure. All right, write this down today. Comfort is overrated. All right, we got to say that today. Say, comfort is overrated Overrated. ask a pregnant woman if she's comfortable all my moms in here said amen but she's living on a purpose she's building something in her body so she's able to withstand the pain knowing that is going to produce something of greater value than just the pain comfort is not expected when you're having a baby this church, can I tell you, is birthing something in this city. Yes, it and it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable packed in an auditorium, where it's tough to find a seat because the music's pumping, and you can't everyone's standing, you don't know where a seat is. And so you got to move around every other week. You' to be in a different place. We'll be at Ralston High School next week. It's not comfortable things changing here and there. It's not comfortable parking in Egypt. It's not comfortable giving beyond the tithe. It's not comfortable doing these things. But to that, to the purpose, we say yes and amen. It's not comfortable, but we're going to say yes and amen. We're going to say, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We're going to say yes and amen. See, a pregnant woman, before she actually gives birth, what do they experience I know this. My wife gave birth to four kids, not through experience myself, but I know because she told me what it was like. She said, I experienced a tremendous amount of pressure. Pressure is tricky because pressure actually produces something. Pressure produces a baby. Pressure produces diamonds. And pressure also produces your purpose. So if you can't put up with pressure, you're very well forfeiting your purpose. To be able to carry the cross with Jesus, it wasn't about having joyful, great Christianity. I don't know who lied to you. They said you're going to follow Jesus, and it's going to be the best life you'll ever live. I would say that's a lie, and this is why. Because we're called to carry his cross. Now, don't get me wrong. It will be the most rewarding thing, especially on the next side of heaven. Absolutely, it will be. But here on earth, you will endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You will. So to be able to carry the burden with Jesus, knowing that I'm doing it with him, not for him. I'm not doing God a favor by obeying him. I'm not doing God a a favor by when I'm saying, hey, tell me to come out of the boat. And Jesus says, come out of the boat. You're like, look, Jesus, look what I can do. Look what I can do. It's not about that. It's about walking towards Jesus. Jesus. And guess what? Even when you fall, because you will, you will know that it wasn't by your strength or your power, but by his spirit. And he's able to pick, pick you up in a moment's notice, reach down and grab you and set you on your own two feet again. When you trust in yourself or you're fearful of the things around you, it's only a matter of time before you sink. But that will really show you who God is in you, the hope of glory. Can I get an amen? See, you can choose comfort or courage, but you cannot choose both. At least not at the same time. I want to share a passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'm rereading out of the message version. And, and one of the preachers once said, I like my Bible like I like my bread and I like my food with no MSG added. And this is the message translation. And, and uh, to an extent that, like, it's a paraphrase translation by Eugene Peterson. And I think it's a phenomenal writing You don't get your full doctrine from it, but it's a good way to make other things make sense. And I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and how he paraphrases this, Paul's message to the Corinthians. He says, dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. Can I tell you the things that keep you from walking in what God called you to do is not other people. Many times it's yourself. He says, I'm calling you out into this wide open, spacious life, this life of adventure that God has for you. I'm calling you out. We didn't fence you in, he says. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection, like a dad would plead with his children. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. For you and your life, if you ever find yourself living small, It's not about what other people have placed on you. We know far too many stories of people that have started from the bottom, now they're here. Far too many stories. It's not about what is happening around you that dictates how far God takes you. It's your belief about yourself and what God can do in and through you and your belief in God. You gotta be able to believe that God wants to use you to do extraordinary feats. How can God just take a young man, David? You know David, like David and Goliath, stone-throwing, like he was neglected, all of his brothers were chosen to go before the prophet, and he was left out with the sheep. He was ruddy, he was small, he was handsome, maybe red-haired. He, wasn't, he was rejected, and God used him. What I'm telling you is that God is not looking for a perfect person. He's looking for an available person. He's looking for someone that will look at this lost, broken world and saying, God, I know this place is going to hell. There's people that are going to hell, so would you use me to be a light in the darkness? Here I am, Lord, send me. God's looking for an available person, and when he asks you, what are you going to say? Ah, there you go. I love it. You're going to say yes and Amen. Yes and amen to what he has for you. Well, God, I'm disqualified. I can't. No, no, no. His grace is sufficient. Yes and amen. God, you don't know what I did. No, 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 no. He covers. His blood washes away a multitude of sins. Yes and amen. You don't know the generation I came from. My family was a bunch of alcoholics. No, to this is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. God, I'm not the smartest. I don't really know a lot. No, it's not by your wits. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Yes and amen. Anything that you use to disqualify yourself, there is something in the Word of God that contradicts your statement about you. And guess what? It wasn't even about you. And your ability to be used by God had nothing to do with you. It's actually a better setup when you're not qualified. Because it's by His grace. So He can use the lowly things of the world to confound the wise. It was never about your ability. It was never about your education. It was never about your pedigree. It was about his spirit inside of you. So the difference between you walking in the purposes that God has for you is not God. It's us and our revelation of him working through us. You guys know what an Impala is? You know, one of those deers that have the the, the, the black horns on each side and they can run away. You know, they run away from, from cheetahs and lions and An African Impala, they run. You know how far, how high they can jump? They can jump 10 feet. So that's like two feet above. Like they can jump in the air that high. You know how far they can jump? They can jump probably from this end of the stage all the way to the other end of the stage on a running jump. 30 feet they can jump. Now did you know in a zoo what they do to keep an Impala encaged? They don't got to put up a fence that's 10 feet high or a moat that's 30 feet wide. All they have to do is put up a three-foot wall Because an Impala will not jump beyond what it can see. And I'm afraid that there's a lot of Christians that we don't know what the future holds so we never step out. We don't know what God has for us. Well, God, if you just told me what to do. God will not tell you what to do. On very small instances, he'll tell you what to do. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? It's not about going to this college or that college or marrying this person or marrying that person. That's such a stupid approach to life. Do you know why? Because what happens if you marry the wrong person? Then you have the wrong babies. And then those babies marry someone they never should have even been in the gene pool. And now you screwed up all of life because you married the wrong person. That's a lot of pressure. So that's why, God, I need you to tell me. No, the Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might as if you're doing it for the Lord. It wasn't ever about having the right path of the Lord, but it was about yielding over to the Lord. And guess what? The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. I will acknowledge him in all my ways and he will make my path straight. That God will bring me where he needs me to be as long as I am walking and not watching. He will help me meet the person I'm supposed to meet. He will help me hear the things I'm supposed to hear as long as I am walking and not watching. Because if we're going to wait on the Lord, it's not about waiting and watching. It's about active faith, waiting and praying and seeking and moving, and God will direct your sails. You want to know God's will for your life? Start doing stuff in His name for Him. Your business, do it for Him. Your marriage, do it for Him. Going to school, it doesn't matter. God, am I supposed to be a Husker or am I supposed to be a Blue Jay or am I supposed to be a Maverick? Go Babs. <laughs> What if it was more about who you were when you got there than about where you went? What if in your work it was more about who you were when you stepped into those doors, when you clocked in? What if it was more about who you were in that marriage? Well, she completes me. No, no, no. You are a complete person. She completes you. You take half of her. You were never supposed to do that in a marriage. You're supposed to pour out and continually to pour out. You don't meet them halfway. You meet them 100% of the way. What they do, that's up to them. But as for me in my heart, and as for me in my house, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay my life down for my wife. We're called to give it all for the Lord. I'm going to have keys come up. Otherwise, I'm going to keep preaching too long. All right, all right, all right. So, all right, say this. Say, say I got to be me. I got to be me because God wants you to do something. And if you're not you, you will rob not only glorifying God of what he's called you to be, but you'll rob the world of what he, who he's called you to reach, who he's called you to bless. If you're not you, you're pretending to be somebody else. Don't be them. They're already taken. But you got to be you. you got to be who God has called you to be, your God identity. You want to say yes and amen, say yes and amen to the right things. Some of you have placed things on your life, and you're wondering why it never happened, and God is saying to you, I never told you to do that. And so here you are chasing fairy tales 25 years later trying to do something for god and your goal was actually to know god not to do something for him many will say to me i did this for you lord i cast out these demons i i did these sick i i healed these sick i did all these things for you and he'll say i never knew you you did all these things for me but i never knew you and i want to say as for this house we're going to be full of a house that is hungry for the presence of God, that is hungry not for what we can do for God, but what we can do with God. And what I know about this city is that God desires to reach this city. God desires to reach this nation. God desires to reach your house, your neighborhood, your sphere, your family members, your children, your neighbors, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, and every generation to follow. God desires to... Use Use you and so you know what to that I'm going to say God yes and amen Let's say yes and amen to everything that God has for me because I don't want to get to heaven and realize I could have believed for more I don't want to go through those I'm not just trying to get to heaven my friend this is my heart's cry too many Christians are trying to get to heaven and they don't realize they've already been given that and so we stop short well I'm just trying to escape hell And I robbed myself of everything that God had for me. God has already given me heaven. Now he's saying, what are you going to do with what I've given you? So you're going around saying, God, I just don't want to burn in hell. God, I just don't want to burn in hell. Friend, I've called you a friend for a reason. Now do something with me, God says. What are you doing with him? What are you doing with I don't want to get to heaven and realize I could have believed for more. So I'm going to say yes and amen to everything he has here on earth. I'm a yes man. I am a yes man. If God tells me, I say yes and amen. Not all the time. There's plenty of times in my life where I haven't said yes and amen. And I've said, God, give me another shot. God will give you another shot. He will give you another shot. Don't be a person that says, God, give me another shot. Oh, I missed that one too. God, give me another shot. Now, his grace is sufficient. So you can keep asking him, God, give me another shot. Because he wants to do things With you, Saint Augustine said, Without God, we cannot, without us, God will not. And I can't help but believe, but God is trying to move in this city, He wants to move in this city, He wants to move in your families, He's wanting to move, and He is looking for a person to move through. So, I'm gonna have you stand to your feet as we share a passage in Philippians chapter 3. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Philippians 3, verse 10. Paul is saying he's living on a mission. Remember, he's saying yes and amen. He's living on the purposes for the purposes of God. He says, I want to know Christ. What did we talk about? It's not about what you're doing for Christ, it's about knowing Christ, right? Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, his discomfort. Some people walking out, you guys are missing the best part of the message. Becoming like him in his death. And so somehow obtaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this. Or I've already arrived at my goal. But I press on. Say, press on. you got to get back up. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He bought you with the price. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, you you're called to walk in faith, not watch. Not window faith, but walking in faith. And when you step out, can I tell you, you do not know what is happening in the spiritual realm when you decide to go after what God has called you to. You know why the devil wants you to stay down? It's because if you get up and choose to move, he knows he cannot stop you. Matthew 28, 18 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go. The devil cannot stop you. you got to move. All authority has been given to Jesus, and he's telling us to go. And it is in our going that God meets us. It is in our moving that he shows up. The devil thought he could keep us down. The devil thought he could keep us quiet. The devil thought he could shut this church up. The devil thought he could get us to raise our white flag. But I got news for you this morning. The devil thought he could keep us. The devil thought he won on Friday. But Sunday's coming. We're raising, we are raising our white flag, but it's not a white flag of surrender, it's a white flag of victory with the name of Jesus on it, because there was a crimson stain, he washed white as snow, this is not a flag of capitulation, but a flag of victory, it's a flag of advancing. You guys, how many, how many uh, military veterans we got in this place, let me see your hands. Thank you, thank you for your service, thank you for your service, thank you for your service. I missed someone over here, thank you for your service. But you look at these army uniforms. They have an American flag patched on their arm. And if you looked at it through what they were doing, you would say, man, that flag's on backwards. Why is the flag on backwards? But anyone in the military knows that flag's not on backwards. That flag's on there, and it looks like it's on backwards, but it's actually blowing in the breeze. Because we are always, as a U.S. military, advancing and not retreating. So it may look like from a window that that flag is backwards, but the person that's walking knows it's there because they are advancing. And I can tell you, just like the U.S. military is called to advance, the church, the kingdom of God, is not called to retreat. The kingdom of God is called to advance. And it may look like foolishness to the world. It may look like foolishness to other people that are watching from the window, but I can tell you, we are walking in faith not watching in faith. So this is who we are. We say yes and amen. We say yes and amen. We take big steps of faith, grounded in the conviction that God is always with us. We believe no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can imagine the things God has for us. For this reason, we say, we say, last one, we say, we say yes and amen to everything God has for us. I want you to do so as well can you imagine what we could do in this city as his church if we stepped out as if God was already with us he actually already prepared the way could you imagine if we stepped out in faith knowing that God has already gone before us and all we are is working in the walking in the wake that he already created in your family he has already prepared the way for those ones that you're preparing you're praying that they would be saved He's already gone before you. He's already prepared the way. He wants them saved more than you do. He wants your work turned around more than you do. He wants to see Jeff Bezos saved more than you do. He wants to see Mark Zuckerberg saved more than you do. He wants to see Elon Musk saved more than you do. He wants to see your family members, your neighbors saved more than you do. And he's looking for a person that will be the person that steps out In faith, saying, God, here I am, send me. And when God asks, we will say, can I pray for you today? Lord, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would help us not to be of those that shrink back, but those that are walking in the faith, knowing that you are always with us. So I thank you for your church. God, I pray that we would be those that live in bold, audacious, strong faith, Lord. So we pray for our church today that those that have been shrinking back, that have been doubting, it's not about your identity. It's not that you were a screw-up when you were a younger kid. It's not what your parents said about you. But God says you're not a screw-up. He says, I have called you by name. You are his. He has set you aside for such a time as this. To be used by him is the greatest privilege that we could ever partake in. So God, I pray that we would be obedient to your purposes in our life, that we would not shrink back, we would not hide, we would not walk away. Lord, but we would step out in faith knowing that you are always with us. So right now, God, we come before you and we say, wherever, however, whenever. Lord, to that, we say yes and amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.